0: Amen. You can be seated tonight. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Whoo! Hallelujah. We'll see if we can pick up where we left off this morning. Amen. So turn to the Gospel of Mark again tonight to the 10th chapter. And um, I'll try to finish this little message tonight. If I can, or we'll just go as far as we can go. But um, this morning, um, I, um, I, I just, you know, I told you I had, had five points to the message, but we got on that first point and preached the whole message on the first point. On God being able, there's, there's no one, no person that God can't save. And um, come to find out there was a gentleman here in the service this morning that uh, had been invited to church that was here this morning that that had been what he had been telling everybody. I'm too bad to be saved. I've done too many wrong things to be saved. If I would ever go to the church, the roof would cave in, you know, that type of thing. I, I've been to me, and the whole time I was preaching, I noticed him, uh, really uneasy, but the whole time I was preaching, he was under conviction. And, uh, but just can keep, just pray for, that. pray for that guy, that the Lord would just continue to deal with him, all right? And uh, bring him to the Lord Jesus Christ, that he'll come back and get saved. Amen. He was God was moving, God was dealing with him this morning. Um, all right, let's read my text, Mark chapter ten. I'm not going to read all the scriptures that I read to you this morning, but um, as you know, this is uh, in Mark chapter ten. Last week we talked about that rich young ruler that uh, that came to Jesus wanting to know how to inherit eternal life. Jesus told him, you know, um, you know, keep, keep the commandments. You know the commandments and. And um, he said, well, I've kept all those, you know, from my youth up. And this, this young ruler was a very rich individual, and Jesus said, well, there's something that you lack. You go and sell what you have, all your possessions, distribute it, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then you come, follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible said that he was sad at that saying. He went away grieved because he had, he had great possessions and then I read the text to you this morning in verse 23 where Jesus looked on around at everybody when this rich young ruler walked away and he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. And it astonished his disciples. They couldn't believe that he would say that because as I said this morning the Jews they they believed they were taught that riches and wealth was a sign of the blessing of god and so that a person that was wealthy uh, automatically had a place in heaven that was god's that was the sign of god upon their life of god's favor upon their life but jesus just turned that theology upside down And he said that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, or those that trust in their riches. Because there's only one thing, there's only one way to get to heaven, only one thing that'll get us there and get us saved, and that's trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they were astonished out of measure, and they asked the question, who then, verse 26, they said, who then can be saved? And Jesus answered them, and in verse 27, and He said this, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. And then in Mark chapter number 14, in verse 36, Jesus' prayer as He was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Consecrating himself to the Lord the night before His crucifixion, in verse 36 of Mark 14, He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto Thee. Take away this cup from Me. Nevertheless, what I, not what I will, but what Thou will. Notice He said, all things are possible unto Thee. Take this cup from Me, but nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt, and then in Luke, the final verse in Luke chapter eighteen and verse twenty-seven, Jesus answering again the question of the disciples on who could be saved, he said, "The things which are impossible with men are possible with God." I'm glad tonight that we have a God that uh, a God that is a God of the impossible situations. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, there's nothing beyond, and as I mentioned this morning, the ability of God to accomplish. Jeremiah knew that to be the case, and Jeremiah said so. In Jeremiah chapter 32, he said that there is nothing too hard for God. Um, Job said it. In Job 42 and 2, he said, I know that you can do everything. Everything. Well, that, you know, everything's everything. If God can do everything, He can do it all. He specializes in the impossible, and there's nothing beyond His ability to accomplish in your life and in my life, and uh, the only limitations that God would have would be the limitations that you and I would put on Him, and many times people do put limitations on the Lord, and um, hinder him or limit him for what he can do in their life. And somebody said, "Well, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't believe that. How can that be? Well, because there are there are conditions. I think I mentioned this. Uh, I don't know. It may have been it may have been the other night, Wednesday night, but I mentioned there are conditions to every promise that God has given to us, and we have to fulfill those conditions." 1,522 times the word if is used in the Bible, denoting most of those times, denoting a condition that has to be met in order for a promise to be fulfilled. God always says, you do this, and if you you do this, then I will do that. Well, if we don't do what God has said to do, then it limits what God can do in our life. Do you understand that? Not that it's limiting God's power. He's still omnipotent. He's still all-powerful. He's still almighty. Mighty, but we can and do many times limit what God can do for us and in our lives by the way we respond to Him. So we need to understand that there are a lot of things. And I think everybody here tonight would, would agree that there are many things in our life that we face that seem to be impossible. And we may even use the word or have the thought come across our mind uh, well, this situation, this impossible. It's just an impossibility, you know. When pigs fly, I mean, you know, then maybe maybe it would happen. But we do face situations in our life that um, uh, that that seem to be impossible. And as far as as far as human. Uh, as far as human ability or human ingenuity, or um, you know what what man can do, they are impossible. There are many impossible things that that um, that that we face. That if we're just left to human ability, yes, it's an impossibility. But when it comes to the Lord, there is nothing that is impossible with God. And that's what Jesus said in these three different passages. He said, with God, all things are possible. How many things? All things are possible with God. The things that are impossible with man are possible with God. So the message this morning, we dealt with the text there from from Mark chapter 10. That in answer to the question that was asked by the disciples, who then can be saved? Jesus, the response of Jesus was that with God all things are possible. So, in other words, there's no person. There's not a person that Jesus, that the Lord cannot save. Nobody, no matter how mean or bad or vile or fallen that they are, um, nobody is beyond redemption. Amen. All they have to do is come to the Lord and come His way. And, and uh, you know, the Bible says in, in, uh, in Isaiah 1 and 18, He said, Come, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be as wool. So uh, there's not a person that... Jesus cannot save there's not a person that God cannot change can I get an amen Amen. so we looked this morning at Saul of Tarsus we looked at the the maniac at Gadara we talked about that how Paul said that Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners and he said of whom I am chief he said he was the chief of sinners amen he was the the very world Of the worst of sinners, yet the Lord saved him because with God all things are possible. But number two, let's look at a few more things and then I'll let you go home tonight. But number two, if there's not a person that God cannot save and if if there's nothing impossible with Him, if all things are possible with the Lord, which we've established that fact that that is true, then that would also mean that there's not a problem that God can't solve. Can I get an amen there? And there's not a problem. We talked this morning about the greatest miracle that God could perform and that's changing a sinner to a saint a child of the devil into a child of God. So if we, if we can be established on the fact that he can do the greatest miracle, I think we can be in agreement then he can do the lesser miracles as well. If he can save that maniac at Gadara, if he could save Saul of Tarshish, if he could save you, and if he could save me, then there's nothing that God cannot do. Can Come on, Amen. So there's not a problem, there's not a person he can't save and there's not a problem that he cannot solve. And it doesn't matter. Anybody here, anybody here that never has a problem. Amen. If you if you if you never have a problem, then see me after church because I want to I want you to counsel me. <laughs> I need your help. No, I think all of us, I think all of us are in the same boat here because we all face problems in life, and uh, you know sometimes our problems do seem insurmountable. Anybody ever have a, a problem or a situation you're facing in life that seems insurmountable? You don't seem to have. You just don't have an answer to the to the problem. You don't know what to do. But I can tell you that no matter how big your problem is and you may be facing a particular situation or a problem here tonight. But no matter how big your problem is it, is, it is not bigger than God. He has a solution. I'm here to tell you tonight that God has a solution to your problem. Somebody said, Well, I can't figure it out. Well, that's the problem that we all have. We try to figure, we try to figure it out. We try to, to reason it out. And you know what the Lord wants us to do? You know, we, we need to fix what we can fix, but there's some things we can't fix, and so we're not. Not to sit around and worry about the things that we can't change or fix we're to bring them to the Lord and let him fix it let him take care of it amen and the Bible tells us in in Proverbs chapter 3 to to lean not to our own understanding but to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and so you know you can sit around and fret and worry and 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 uh, pull your hair out do whatever and uh, steal about a problem that still will not be solved and I can tell you something that 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 worry and fretting never solved a problem worry never made a balking mule pull worry never made a stalling car start worry never never solved anything and and a lot of times you know we'll sit around and say well you know I don't know what else to do I guess I'll just worry about this but we need to give it to the Lord and know that no matter what the problem is we're facing in life how big it may be how big the mountain is before us that with God all things are possible and there's not a problem that our God cannot solve hallelujah he's got the solution he knows what to do he knows how to take care of the situation can you say amen Oh, that 34th Psalm, we, you know, I'll just touch a couple of scriptures in Psalm 34, but uh, you know, if we got over there, there's some just some good stuff in Psalm 34, but David said in Psalm 34, he said, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his troubles. He went on to say the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles in the 19th verse he said many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivereth him out of them all come on help me preach tonight amen praise God so yeah there's troubles that come our way but we have the promise of the Lord to deliver us out of every Problem to see us through every situation, to give us victory in every conflict of life. There's not a problem He can't solve. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There's not a sickness that He cannot heal. There is not a disease that He cannot heal. I mean, in Jesus' earthly ministry, when you look at the earthly ministry of Christ, the very beginning of His ministry, in the early Galilee, Galilee ministry. He went through all Galilee, the Bible says in Matthew 4. He went through all Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching in their synagogues. And it said that He was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Not just some of them, but Jesus was healing every sickness and every disease. The Bible went on to say in that next verse that throughout all Syria they brought unto Him those who were sick and those who were demon possessed and those who had divers diseases and torments and they brought them to where Jesus was and the Bible said that he healed them all. Amen. It didn't matter how, how bad the sickness was. It didn't matter how severe the situation was. Jesus healed every one of them. Hallelujah. You never read in the scriptures where he ever turned away a sick person and said to them well that condition is too hard for me that condition I I, you know I'm not there yet but praise God everybody that was brought to him he healed them and sent them away well and whole there was one place in the scripture in the 6th chapter of a uh, of Mark's Gospel. One place where it said when they got word that Jesus had come into their their region, to the to their vicinity, that they got gathered. I mean his reputation had already preceded him. They knew that if Jesus was there they needed to get their sick and their diseased and bring them out because the healer was there. The healer was in their, in their midst. And the Bible said that they gathered all of their sick people together and brought them and laid them out in the the way there just so that when Jesus passed by it said that they could just reach out and if they could just touch the the hem of his garment the border of his garment that they would be healed and the Bible said that everyone that touched him glory to God I said everyone that touched him was made completely whole hallelujah why because there's not a problem that he can't solve there's not a disease that he can't conquer there's not a demon that, that he can't defeat come on hallelujah there's nothing too hard for him and with God all things are possible Acts 10 38 in Peter's sermon to Cornelius at the house of Cornelius Peter said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I believe tonight there's a healer in this house tonight. I believe tonight that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And if he healed before, he'll heal again. He's just looking for somebody that will believe him that will stand on his promise. He's looking for, for a group of people that will believe that with God All things are still possible. Impossible situations are vanquished in the face of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. With God, all things are possible. We've got testimonies of miracles right here. I'm telling you that 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 it's, it, it, it's not impossible for God to take care of kidney disease. It's not impossible for God to wipe out cancer from a person's life. It's not impossible for the Lord to raise somebody up from a stroke. It's not impossible for Him to restore their speech and everything else. My wife is a testimony to that. Amen. About 10 11 years ago when she had a stroke and uh, she her speech was affected, her right side was affected, she couldn't, she couldn't write, she couldn't write her name, amen, she couldn't text, I think that was the worst part she couldn't text anybody amen <laughs> amen, and there we were in a situation where we didn't know, we wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be but I can tell you tonight what we did know, we knew that regardless Regardless of what the circumstances look like, that with God all things were possible. That he was, there wasn't a problem he couldn't solve. There wasn't a sickness he couldn't heal. Hallelujah. There wasn't a stroke symptom that he couldn't wipe away. And glory be to God, she's a testimony tonight of what the Lord can do. Hallelujah. There's nothing he can't solve. Patty and Terry McIntyre have a testimony about a a, a little granddaughter named Lila that, uh, uh, that, is that her name? Did I get it right? All right. Yeah, Lila, amen. That uh, that the doctors, when 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 their daughter found out that she was pregnant, the doctors did some tests, didn't give them much hope at all, at all. But can I tell you, they, they knew, they belonged to a church that knew how to pray. And their, their, their daughter knew how to pray and to trust the Lord. Amen. And people got a hold of God. Somebody said, well, you know, then they go back. Isn't it amazing? They go back and have tests later on and and after saying that the baby would have what a 20% chance? A 10% chance of survival and then all of a sudden more tests are done and that completely changed and they've got a grandbaby that's not, not anything wrong with her at all she's healthy, she's well because there's nothing that's impossible with the Lord come on, there's not a problem that he cannot solve Hallelujah. I just, you know, it's, it's ought to be testimony night, I guess. Amen. Back in September, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, when, when, when Jim and Charlotte's son, Rob, was in the hospital, the doctors gave him... 20% chance or less gave him little hope at all that he would survive and 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 the church was praying and they were praying and we were getting a hold, people were getting a hold of God and they took him into, into surgery and the doctor told Brother Jim, said this is just gonna be a Hail Mary. Isn't that what he said? He said if you know anybody that knows how to pray, this is what the doctor said, if you know anybody that knows how to pray, you better be getting a hold of them and having them to pray. Little did that doctor know, he just happened to know some people at Abundant Life Church that knew how to pray. Come on, hallelujah. That there's not a problem that God can't solve. And people prayed and I'm telling you, God brought Rob through that. God touched him, God healed him, hallelujah. He's out of the hospital, he's back at work, he's doing great. There's not a problem that my God cannot solve. There's not a sickness he cannot heal. there's not a demon that he cannot defeat. Hallelujah. We're on the winning side tonight. Woo! For with God all things are possible. Not a person he can't save. That's right. Not a problem he can't solve. Not a prayer he can't answer. Whew. We have we have two prayer meetings a week around here. Because we believe in a God that answers prayer. How many of y'all believe in a God that answers prayer? Oh, hallelujah. Do you know that, that there's not a prayer that God cannot... Now, now, let me clarify this. Because I don't want you to get the wrong idea. Anything you can have, anything you ask God for... As long as it's in His will, and you're believing for that, does that come across okay? Isn't that? Would you say that's scriptural? Amen. God will let you. I'm going to say that again because here's here's the next one. There's not a prayer that God cannot answer because there's nothing impossible with Him. Well, if there's nothing impossible with Him, that means that our prayers are unlimited. Amen. If we're asking according to His will and asking in faith, I believe those are the those are the two main qualifiers. Of course, we have to be living right. I just throw that in. David said, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me." So you can't be living in sin and and have God answering all your prayers. You know, that went over real good, but. That's true. Amen. But whatever you need and ask God for according to His will and in faith, He'll answer that prayer. I believe that. There are so many of the promises of God that we have to stand on concerning answered prayer. And Jeremiah said, in Jeremiah 33 and 3, Jeremiah said, call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. I used to have a, a, a little plaque that somebody had made me with that scripture on that. It was, the, 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 it was my favorite scripture for a long time. Call unto me, God said. Amen, and I will answer you. You'll never get a voicemail when you call God. You'll never get a busy signal. You don't get busy signals anymore. No, the young people don't know what a busy signal is. Amen. But but you never get, you'll never get a voicemail. You'll never, you know, when you call God, He said, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. Jesus talked about prayer a lot in... in um, in, in the Gospels. He taught a lot about prayer. I wish we had time to go through everything that Jesus taught about prayer but but Jesus taught uh, that what things soever you desire He said in Mark 11 24 and we'll be getting into Mark 11 in a few weeks but in Mark 11 24 He said what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them. All things that you shall ask in prayer. Matthew 21 22 and all things whatsoever you ask in prayer be Believing, you shall receive again predicated on that being the will of God I just read to you this this afternoon from uh, the text from Mark 14 36 where Jesus said to the Father all things are possible unto you nevertheless not my will but yours be done so, so when we know we're praying in line with the will of God and, and, and John bears that out in 1 John 5 John bears that very thing out and he says, this is the confidence. 1 John 5, 14, He said, this is the confidence or the assurance that we have in Him that if we ask anything, and He didn't just stop there. Here's the clarifier. Here, here's the clarifier. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him because there's not a prayer. He can't answer. He hears. Is the Almighty God. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Hallelujah! So I'm telling you, you know, Jesus. Jesus said, "Ask and believe and receive." He said, "Ask." and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open to you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. And the problem with us, I think, is that we will knock one time, and if it doesn't happen, we say, well, I guess it's just not going to happen. Or we'll knock, we'll ask one time, and then we just kindly drop it and forget about it. And we've been taught, you know, we've been taught in the past, well, don't ask God. Twice, just ask once and then just leave it with God but let me tell you something when you get in there and study Matthew 7, 7 through 11 you'll find that in the Greek according to the Greek lexicon that really says here's what it says in the Greek keep on asking and you shall receive keep on seeking and you shall find keep on knocking and it shall be open to you for everyone who keeps on on asking, see, listen. We got to keep on with God. We got to get in faith and prayer and believe and ask and know that what you're praying is what God wants and it's God's will. And hang on and pray and pray and pray and pray and, pray and not give up. Hallelujah! Because God will answer that prayer. He will move in your behalf. He's a prayer answerer. God. Not a prayer he can't answer. Not a prayer he can't answer. Oh, hallelujah. He knows how to turn impossible. Listen, prayer will turn impossible situations around. The prophet Isaiah marched into the palace of King Hezekiah. And he looked at the king. Boy, I'm telling you, you know, you got to know. you got to know you're hearing from God. When you walk into the palace to get an audience with the king and you walk up to the king and you say to the king, set your house in order for you, you're going to die and not live. <laughs> Amen. He said, this is a message from God, Hezekiah. And that's what Isaiah said to Hezekiah, set your house in order. You're going to die and not live. And he turned around and walked out. But the Bible says, you know the story. The Bible says that Hezekiah, when he got that message from the Lord, he was sick. The Bible said he was sick unto death. And then, you know, he's he's thinking, well, this is going to be okay. God's going to take care of me. But, you know... See, the modern-day preachers and prophets always got a good word for everybody. But but here, Isaiah comes in, and the king's sick, and Isaiah says, You dying, buddy. You better get things right. You better set your house in order. You better get it straightened out because you ain't going to live. You're going to die and not live. And he turns around and walks out and Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and he begins to weep and he begins to sob and he begins to pray. And he says, oh Lord, he begins to call upon the Lord and he begins to ask God, to to remind God how he'd walked before him uprightly and all the good things that he'd done. And listen, before, oh hallelujah, I'm talking about how prayer can change a situation how prayer can solve a problem how prayer, God answers prayer and the Bible said that before Isaiah got to the outer court of the temple the, Lord, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah and said turn around go back and you go back to, the, to King Hezekiah and you tell him thus saith the Lord I have seen your tears I have heard your prayers and I have answered you and I will heal you and I'm going to add 15 more years to your life oh hallelujah come on man. because there's not a prayer that God cannot answer because he's the God that, 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 that nothing's too hard for nothing's impossible with him woo and he went back and told him said well you're going to live now God has said that he's going to heal you and Hezekiah said how will I know I need a sign. And, uh, oh, I love this because Isaiah said, okay. He said, would you like for God to move the sundial 15 degrees forward or to move the sundial 15 degrees backward? And Hezekiah said, well, moving it 15 degrees forward ain't no big deal. Let's ask... Something hard, oh, hallelujah, I don't know they say I don't guess it does anything for y'all, but but the first time I read that. And I think in the New King James it says he said to move it forward. It would be easy. That would be easy for God to do. So, so, so what? What Hezekiah is doing? Is said, let's ask God to do something hard. Because Hallelujah! There's nothing impossible with the Lord. There's nothing impossible with the Lord. There's nothing. There's not a prayer He can't answer. And he said, just he said, if 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 you know, let's just ask Him to move it back to backwards. 15 degrees. I, I was preaching on this in Africa and uh, when I got to that about moving the, the shadow on the sundial, they all just looked at me. They, 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 the interpreter interpreted it. I don't know what the interpreter said, but they all looked at me funny like, what's a sundial? They didn't know what a sundial was. But, uh, but, but God... You know, He made the sun to stand still for Joshua in answer to prayer. He made the sun to stand still so they'd have more daylight to fight the battle. I guess that's where we get daylight savings time. And um, so, so give him, he him. So he had to stop to. to you know, the, we know the sun doesn't move. So for the sun to stand still for a whole day, the rotation of the earth had to stop. God had to stop it. Well, for the sundial, come on, somebody. I'm talking about a God that nothing's too hard for, that nothing's impossible with Him. For the, for the sundial to go backwards 15, uh, 10 degrees, then God had to not only stop the earth, but turned it around and, got it and reversed it. Praise God. And He did that. Listen to me. He did that in answer to prayer because He was given a sign to Hezekiah that He had heard and answered His prayer and Hezekiah said well it'd be easy for him to move it ahead let's ask something hard you know what I believe God's saying to us tonight in 2020 you know what I believe God's saying to us in this day in this hour in which we live God is saying listen church rise up and begin to pray and to begin to ask largely and to begin to ask for the impossible and to begin to ask for great things and to believe your God because you're serving a God that can do anything Thing. You're serving a servant of God that can do anything. And he'll move heaven and earth to answer your prayer. Hallelujah. If you'll believe him tonight. Glory to Woo. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd make a Presbyterian shout. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Because there's not a prayer he can't answer. Not a promise he can't keep. Not a person He can't save. Not a problem He can't solve. Not a prayer He can't answer. Not a promise He can't keep. Somebody said, again, I haven't counted them. I'm just going on what I read. But Someone said there's over 30,000 promises in the Bible. And I don't know how many of those are for us in the New Covenant, but I can tell you this much. I know there's a lot of them. Because the Bible said, Peter said, that there's an exceeding great number of precious promises, exceeding great and precious promises that are given to us, and so we know that God has—we know that God has given us promises in His Word, hasn't? All oh, the old song, little song we used to sing, "Every promise in the book is mine." Every chapter, every verse, every line. And that's all that I can remember tonight because I forgot the rest of it. But, 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 every, but every promise, right. every promise that God has given to us is yes. And, and see, the promises are, are yes and amen to those who are in Christ. How many we got tonight that are in Christ? Your Savior in Jesus. Well, the promises then are yes and amen to you unto the glory of God. So God has made a promise and and, and God is saying yes to the promise, right? I mean, God is not going to promise something and and then say no. What kind of what kind of father would that be? What would you be? How would how would your kids think about you? And you're going to prom- I'm promising that Saturday I'm going to take you to Dairy Queen and get you a Blizzard and take you you know to the show. And if you if you clean your room and you're real good, I'm up. I promise I'm going to do this. And and that kid cleans the room and they they do everything and then they come and what do they do on Saturday? Oh, they're looking forward. Saturday's coming. Saturday's coming. They can't wait for Saturday to get there. Why? Because mom and dad has made the promise that Saturday they're getting a blizzard and Saturday they're going to Dairy Queen and Saturday, oh, they're going to get to go to the movies and Saturday's going to be a big day and Saturday gets there and do you know what they do? Oh, they're quick to remind you. You know what you said. This is Saturday. Saturday's finally here. Can I tell you something tonight, Abundant Life Family Church, that Saturday's coming. Hallelujah. Your Saturday's coming. Your Saturday's Saturday's coming. They'll run in there and remind mom and dad of the promise. You know you promised, dad. What kind of parent would you be? And say, well, I changed my mind. But I cleaned my room. I've been good. Yeah, but I'm just not in the mood to go. Woo. But see, God's not like that. Because all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him are amen. What does amen mean? The end? No. Amen. Amen means so be it. So we have to add, God is saying yes to the promise. If you're meeting the conditions, God is saying yes to the promise. The devil is saying no to the promise. And your voice... You add the deciding voice to that. What did Isaiah say in Isaiah 53? He said, who has believed our report? I think we sang that one time around here a couple of times. Who has believed the report of the Lord? His report says... I wished I could sing. I'd cut loose. His report says, I am healed. His report says, I am whatever. But whatever the report of the Lord is... You got to believe the report of the Lord. And that's the problem with us. We're believing the wrong report. What happened? What happened to Israel when they believed the wrong report? When God's report was, I've given you the land of promise, huh? The land flowing with milk and honey. And they sent the 12 spies over there. And the spies spied out the land. They came back. And 10 of those spies, you know, they all said it's a good land, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. But 10 of those spies said, but there's giants there so we can't go in and we can't possess the land because of the giants that are there. Joshua and Caleb were the only two. See what I'm saying? Their report was opposite. The 10 spies reported a negative report and said, yeah, God said it. It is a good land. It's everything God said, but there's giants there and we can't go in. And Joshua and Caleb told them, hush your mouth. Don't say that no more. God is with us their defense is departed from them there's giants over there yeah but my God is bigger than the giants Oh, if God is with us he'll bring us into the land but Israel believed the wrong report are you hearing me the promise was there and God was saying yes but they said no to the promise let me tell you if God's made the promise God's got the power God's got the ability God can fulfill the promise in your life. He's just looking for somebody to say yes, amen, that's mine. I claim the promise of God. I believe the report of the Lord. I believe the report of the Lord. Woo, my. Oh, man, I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to go take a nap. (laughs) Glory to God. I read a story and here's the way that we are mostly. And I read a story about years ago, and I've actually saw pictures of this. My, my, uh, my mom and them had pictures. They've got pictures, that they boxes of pictures that they've given me of people that I couldn't tell you who they are. But old, old, old pictures. And there's pictures... That, they had t- that had been taken of the Mississippi River, completely frozen over and people walking across it. And it's happened in the past. Now, I'm not here preaching global warming to you, don't climate change and all that, but it's been a long time. I've never saw that. I'll just put it to you this way, that Brother Joe did. But the story goes that a traveler, a weary traveler came upon the Mississippi River and it was iced over, it was frozen over, and he needed to get across. But he wasn't really sure. If he, could, if he could get over it or not. And so he stepped out real delicately and he, he got down on all fours. He got down on his hands and knees. And he just began to creep and to crawl. And he, he took his time. It was real easy because he didn't know. He didn't know. He wasn't sure if it would hold him up or not. And he's, about, he's part of the way out there. And all of a sudden behind him he hears voices. He hears a commotion he hears noise and he turns around and behind him here comes a wagon load a team of horses with a wagon load of coal amen coming across that river just just lickety split you know just coming right across that frozen river and they were trusting that river was frozen enough they were trusting that river to hold up that horse those horses that wagon full of coal and it did they made it across and here's the point so many of us are like that with the promises of God because we're we're afraid to step out what if it doesn't happen what if it doesn't work what if what if I what if it fails oh god help us to be like that wag at coal that wagon of coal and those horses that'll just step out on the promise promises of God and say, God will not fail me. I will believe him. I will trust him. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what, what circumstances say. I believe the report of the Lord because there's not a promise that he cannot keep and cannot fulfill. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he would will do it. If He spoke it, He will bring it to pass. Hallelujah! It's impossible for God to make a promise and not back it up. He cannot lie. Amen? Oh, i got to close. Let me close with this. Let me close with this. God made a promise. I'm about done, okay? God made a promise to Abraham. Didn't He? What was the promise He made to Abraham? He said that He would be the father of many nations. And the promise was specific. Of course, I don't have time to go into all the details of how Abraham waited so many years. And the promise still hadn't been fulfilled. But, so Abraham tried to help God. You know, anytime you try to help God, you wind up with an ishmael. You're in trouble. Big mistake. But God had made him a promise that through Sarah, through Sarah, that he would have a son, and that his name would be Isaac. God even named him. He said, you'll have, Sarah's going to bear a son. Abraham said, let Ishmael live before you. He said, no. He said, I'm making a promise that, that you're going to have a son through Sarah. And with Isaac, I'll make my covenant. And with his seed. Not with Ishmael. That's right. Oh, help us. Not with the Arab nations. I am giving the land, but the land belongs to the seed of Abraham through Isaac. Pray for our president to see that. Amen. Now where was I going with that? Now. Oh. <laughs> so time goes by. Promise hadn't been fulfilled. See, when we when we get a promise from God, we want it yesterday. God ain't fast enough. Hurry up. But time goes by, and God revisits Abraham and Sarah in the 18th chapter of Genesis. And he has dinner with them, with Abraham, and Sarah's in the tent, and God says, I'm going to return to you and to Sarah. According to the time, this time next year, Sarah's going to have a son. Now, she's she's 90. She's 90. Abraham's 100. Remember the title of the message? With God all things are possible. When He makes a promise... Doesn't matter what the situation looks like, if God makes the promise, He's going to see it gets done. Amen. And He said, I'm going to, uh, uh, Sarah's going to have a son this time next year. And Sarah was in the tent. She heard Him. She heard God say that, so she laughed within herself. And uh, she didn't really believe it could happen. And God said to Sarah, What'd you laugh for? She said, oh, I didn't laugh. Yeah, He said, You did. But he said, I'm going to... I'm going. But see, here's the thing. We talk about Sarah laughing. We talk about Sarah not believing. But Sarah, listen, Sarah got herself straightened out. And she believed the promise of God and Abraham believed the promise of God. Those two got to the place, got their... After several failures, after messing up a few times, they finally got to the place in faith where they believed the promise of God and stood on the promise of God. And God brought it to pass in their life. Now, the Bible says in, in Genesis 21 and 1 says this, and here was the fulfillment of the promise. It says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. What's He doing? He's fulfilling His promise that He made to her. Are you listening to me? He said it and He promised it and there wasn't anything. As long as they believed that nothing's going to stop God from fulfilling that promise even when it looked like an impossibility... He came to her and visited her. Oh, come on church. I believe there's some people sitting here tonight that you've been believing God for some things and God has made promises to you and you're holding on. Maybe it's uh, you know a promise of a loved one being saved whatever it is. You know that's between you and the Lord. But I'm here to encourage you tonight that every promise that He's made, He's able to fulfill it. He, he There's not a promise too hard. He will keep His promises if we will just believe Him. He has made a covenant with us through the cross of Christ, through the blood of Jesus. We have a blood covenant through Jesus with God the Father. And He visited Sarah as He had promised. And let me me read one more verse and then we'll go home. If you're counting, that's only four points, but we're going home. <laughs> the faith chapter in Hebrews 11. Do you know Sarah's in there? The woman that laughed when God said, I'm going to return this time next year and you're going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, right, me, at my old age. But she got things straightened out because Hebrews, she made the hall of faith. This is God's hall of fame, the, the faith heroes. Praise God, there's some women in there. Yeah. Huh? Glory to God. And listen what he said in verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Listen, listen, listen. Because she judged him faithful who had promised Hallelujah. What brought it? What brought it about because she judged him faithful who had promised that to her. And see that's what God's trying to get you and I to do tonight. Just judge him faithful. In Romans 4, you know it talks about how that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised he was also able to perform. So there they were both of them persuaded. Both of them convinced. Both of them knew that God was able to perform what he had promised that he was to, what would perform. So that's what God's looking for from you and me tonight, just to believe him, just to believe him, just to believe his promise and stand upon his word. Listen. Listen. God wants to move And I'll just give you the fifth point. But the fifth one that I had was there's not a place where God can't send revival there's not a place where God can't send revival. And I'm going to tell you what, if we will pray, if we will believe, if we will intercede, if we will stand upon the promise of God, we will see a move of God in these last days. This is the greatest time that I know for God to send a mighty move of God in the darkest hour we're living in because God is not hampered or hindered by the circumstances. He wants to move in these last days amen so there's not a person that he cannot save there's not a promise that he cannot keep there's not a prayer that he cannot answer amen there's not a problem that he cannot solve and there's not a place that he cannot send revival God can do it because all things are possible with the Lord nothing is impossible with our God would you stand to your feet tonight hallelujah hallelujah